Today's episode on the birth experience with Labor Nurse Mama is all about the first trimester of pregnancy. Now, this recording is from a teaching topic that I did on Instagram, so it's a little bit different. We do teaching topics every Wednesday at 2 p.m., and then we add them to the podcast for those of you guys who don't have time to watch videos or work during the day. We are so passionate about educating you and assisting you through all stages of pregnancy. So listen in as we talk about the first trimester. So first trimester of pregnancy is what we're talking about today. The first trimester of pregnancy starts when you get pregnant all the way to 13 weeks. Now, that being said... The first trimester of pregnancy, your first two weeks of pregnancy or the beginning of your pregnancy, you're actually not pregnant. So we count the beginning of your pregnancy from the last day of your period or the first day of your period, sorry, all the way up to conception. So you're actually not pregnant in those first couple of weeks, depending on your cycle. But you are in first trimester up until 13 weeks. So if you're close to 14, 15 weeks, Hopefully, some of those first trimester symptoms are going to die down some, settle down. So let's talk about some of the normal signs and symptoms, because I know some of you guys are still trying to conceive, and some of you are right on that brink thinking, am I pregnant? Am I not? Now, I've been pregnant a lot of times. I have had six successful pregnancies and three losses. So one thing that was like my telltale, hey girl, you're pregnant sign was my boobs would get tender and I could not stay awake for nothing. So I'm so interested if you guys also experienced some of the symptoms we're going to talk about. Now, every once in a while, I have one of those students in my birth classes who's like, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any of those. I felt great. And I'm like, where did you come from? Because I don't understand that concept at all. Not at all. I did not feel great in first trimester. So if you were one of those moms who didn't feel so great in first trimester, give me some kind of emoji of how you felt. So obviously one of the first signs that we know for sure is that we skip our period. For me, like I said, some of my first signs were I couldn't stay a week. So fatigue is a first trimester symptom. Or with some of my babies, I couldn't sleep. I had terrible pregnancy insomnia with a lot of my babies. Typically, that didn't hit me until second trimester. I'm loving these barfing emojis because, yes, that was me. Another thing that I had besides the tiredness, besides the insomnia and my boobs being super tender, and they had this like weird tingly burning feeling. I don't know if any of you guys got that as well, is having to go to the bathroom all the time. So frequent urination can be a sign that you're pregnant. Constipation can be a sign, and all of these signs are related to hormonal changes. Your body is going through something incredible. Heartburn, gas, oh my gosh, the gas. Anybody else have gas as one of their signs? That's always fun, right? Another change due to the hormones can be skin changes. So for some women, and you can think like middle school woes, like 
seventh, eighth grade woes when you just started your period and your skin goes crazy. So it could be acne, dryness, oiliness, just whatever, like just wackadoodle, not your normal skin. Another thing that I found to be very common with my pregnancy and pretty common with my students is what I like to refer to as radar nose. So radar nose, what I mean by that is that you can smell things that no one else can smell. I really think that goes back to like back in the day when we survived on the land and we had to be able to smell danger. I really think that's what it is, my theory altogether, but I call it radar nose. It's so funny when I was working in triage and someone would come in and their water would be broken or they would think their water would be broken. When I was pregnant, I could smell if it, there, if it was amniotic fluid or urine. It was radar nose. So that's another sign. Now that same radar nose may also lead to the nausea and vomiting. One thing that I recommend, and we're going to go through, hey, what can I do about these symptoms? What are some ways to alleviate these symptoms? So I'm not going to just tell you all the bad things and then leave you hanging. So an, another symptom is really out of whack emotions. I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was not aware that I was pregnant, couldn't stay awake for the life of me. And then I thought I was getting a bug. I was getting a, a daughter. And so I stayed home. I was in nursing school at the time. I stayed home, laying on the couch, watching like a Hallmark movie, bawling, like crying my eyes out. And I'm not typically a crier unless I'm really angry. So this was very unusual for me. So I realized I fell asleep at seven last night. Now I don't feel good. I'm crying at a Hallmark movie, like snotty crying. And then all of a sudden, all the puzzle pieces fell into place. And I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I did not think that I could get pregnant. I had not had a normal period in years. And I had these really old pregnancy tests in my closet. This is totally a bonus side story. Had all these old pregnancy tests that I bought years and years, like five or six years before that, because my cycle had been so messed up. And when it first got really messed up, I kept doing pregnancy tests because I was like, surely to God, I'm pregnant. So I had all these old pregnancy tests, and this will play into my story. So I did three tests. All three of them were positive, but then I was like, these tests are expired. So I'm really not pregnant. I think they're expired, not accurate, not telling anyone. So then I went and bought like two or three more sets. And back then, she's 17. So back then, we didn't have Dollar Tree stores with Dollar Tree tests. And we didn't have Amazon. So I couldn't order the little cheap ones, which worked just as effectively. I'm very strong on that. Anyway, so I bought really expensive. I probably spent like 50 or $60. And I got up at four in the morning and I peed on all of them. And all of them were positive. And now she's 17. If you get a positive pregnancy test, it's very rare. 
that it's a false positive. Now a false negative is more common. Anyway, that was a side note bonus for you guys. Okay, so let's talk about managing some of the more annoying symptoms. So as far as being like super tired, that fatigue, one of the things that I'm gonna say, and I say this all the time, I'm like a broken record, but a good diet, a healthy diet with healthy whole foods, think like vegetables and fruits and good proteins will combat the tiredness to some extent. Also taking naps, if you have the ability to take a nap, even if it's a short little cat nap in the morning and a cat nap in the evening. Now that being said, if you're experiencing a lot of insomnia, even though you can't stay awake at one in the afternoon, stay awake. And for those of you who have pregnancy-induced insomnia, I want you to flip that. You're not going to be taking naps. You're going to be creating a sleep routine. And instead of seeing what labor nurse mama has to say at 10 o'clock at night, you're going to lay your phone down, lay your devices down, turn off your TV. If you have to, open up a good old-fashioned book and create a bedtime review routine and create it like a bedtime routine that does not involve devices or a lot of lights and noise. Maybe even get a diffuser. Create something, a, a scene for you to induce sleep and have that routine. So like shower, no devices, read a book, listen to music, smell the good smells, and then try to go to sleep. Also pillows, good sheets, good blankets all can create a good sleep environment, but that's a whole nother thing. Okay, so for the boobs hurting and the issues with your breasts, you really want to have a good bra. Like I really recommend a nice sleep bra as well because I found that they hurt so bad that even when I rolled over, it was just intense. So a good sleep bra, a nice sport bra, a bra that's going to be nice and supportive and maybe think a little bit bigger than your normal size because they're going to get big. That's going to happen. As far as, so we're going to talk a lot about morning sickness and not feeling well, because I think that for a lot of us, that is the first trimester symptom that can just really mess you up and really mess up your mindset, along with some of the mental things, which we're going to talk about that as well. For sickness, one of the things that changed everything for me, and I was very sick with some of my kids, was eating small frequent meals, but also starting out the day with something like crackers or something dry and definitely carb by the bed and I would reach over in the dark and grab the cracker and eat it before I really opened my eyes and got moving and I would have a nice drink next to me as well and it had for me it had to be super cold now some of my students say that for their nausea it needs to be room temperature so you'll figure that out for me super cold though lots of ice Another thing that can really help with the nausea and vomiting is ginger, and you can try it in different forms, whether it's candy, ginger ale, they have those prego pops that have ginger in them, but trying to consume some ginger because it can help. I had some of my pregnancies that ginger worked okay, and then I had some that it caused me to vomit. So you never know. It's really hit or miss when it comes to alleviating the symptoms of morning sickness. 
One of the things I love most about being an online birth educator is being able to connect with my students and all of my followers. And one of the top questions I get all the time about our birth classes is what makes Labor Nurse Mama birth classes different from other courses. Our classes are different because I actually care if you succeed in your birth quest. I've built an insane amount of support and accountability into both of my birth classes, which means you are so much more likely to succeed and leave your birth feeling calm and confident. Girl, I have a reputation for being a super supportive online labor and delivery nurse slash doula. I bring my experience from having had six babies myself and bringing thousands of babies into the world. I want you to know you are capable. You are strong. But I also know that sometimes medical interventions are necessary. And if you find yourself in the situation where you have to make big decisions, I want you to be armed with the extensive guidance to make an informed choice. Girl, check out our birth classes. They both come with support that you cannot find anywhere else. We have weekly happy hour hangouts where I hang out with you and actually answer your questions face-to-face. Link is in the show notes. You can also try the motion sickness nausea bands, the anti-nausea bands. And I had some to show you guys that are so cute because when I did them, when I was pregnant with Lainey, they were these really fat terry cloth ones, but now they've created some really cute ones. So I think I have some in my Amazon store, our Labor Nurse Mama Amazon store. But if not, I'll go back and put them in because I've got some really cute ones that are actually stylish and I just use them for my cruise. Okay, so chamomile tea can sometimes help. Also, a vitamin B6. Now, that is what saved my life when I was sick during the first trimester. I got prescribed Diclegis, which Diclegis is semi-new on the market, maybe came out seven, eight years ago for pregnancy sickness. And what it is vitamin B6 and Unisom. Now, thank God for the pharmacist who told me that because when it was first introduced, it was like $600 a month. And who in the heck could afford that? I could not afford that. So as I sat bawling in the drive-thru at Costco, the pharmacist informed me that it was just vitamin B6 and plain old Unisom. So this girl went and grabbed it and did it herself. It does make you very tired. So what I found is that I did a half a dose at night in the in, at night and then a half a dose in the morning. And then gradually I went to a full dose at night and that helped me. So another thing that I personally have not tried, but maybe some of you guys have, is acupuncture. Some people say to increase your protein. For me, I had a very hard time, but I have tended to not be a big meat eater given a choice, and so that could be why I'm not sure. Keep a food diary because not only can you be sick, you can also have heartburn. So this is like killing two, one bird with two stones. Is that right? two birds with one stone, that's it. So keep a food diary and you can figure out what makes you sick, what makes you have heartburn and eliminate those things from your diet. Find out what your triggers are. So that is really important, especially when you have a hard time keeping down anything. 
pay attention to smells. So for me as a labor and delivery nurse who is sick, who was had morning sickness, I would use essential oils right here under my nose. I would also use Vicks Vapor Rub inside of my mask. So there's some different ways that you can combat the smells. For me, I and I had four sons. I could not handle the smell of male deodorant. If I smelled, what's that one that my kids used to wear? Oh goodness, I can't remember. But if I smelled that deodorant, I would barf. So figure out what smells trigger you and then do what you can with the ones you can, like buy your son's different deodorant. The other thing that you can do is think about sour sour candies that have citrus. They can combat nausea. So sucking on lemon candies or orange candies or lime candies, sometimes that can help. Now I told you ginger did not work for me, but lemon heads worked for me. So I kept a endless supply of lemon heads in my nursing bag. And I would just suck on them all day. That really can help with the nausea. There's something about that sour, that, that sour sweet that helps with nausea. Stay hydrated, mama. So if you're vomiting all the time and you can't keep anything down, you need to see your provider. You need help because you need to stay hydrated. You are growing a human being. Another thing that you need to do is there's a couple things. Now, I told you earlier to eat a small crackers or something before you put your feet on the ground. That's only first thing in the morning. The rest of the day, when you eat, do not lay down. So you want to stay vertical after eating at least 30, 40 minutes before you lay down, and that might help combat. Now, some of us, like me with some of my pregnancies, I had such a hard time brushing my teeth. So if you're having a hard time brushing your teeth and that is inducing your gag reflex, just take it slow. And I found for me that I had to use certain toothpaste that didn't cause me to vomit. But it is really important to have good dental care, especially if you're vomiting a lot like I was. And again, just like I said, the citrus candy, also citrus scents can help combat nausea and vomiting. All right, so now that we've really dug deep into nausea and vomiting, let's talk a little bit about your mindset in the first trimester. Now, for those of us who have had losses, who have had a miscarriage, or who have walked through a loss with a family member... Fear can be a huge issue during pregnancy, especially during the first trimester. I felt for me that I would be have increased fear in the beginning, settle down in the second trimester, and then increased fear in the third trimester with some of my kids. So if that's you, I'm here with you. I get it. This is why I do what I do is to help mamas with their pregnancy and birth fears. So one thing that I really recommend is that you have a solid support community and also that person that your girlfriend that you can be so real with, who's not going to tell you what to do or how to do it, but is just going to listen and validate the feelings that you're feeling because that fear is real, especially if you've experienced loss. Early pregnancy fears are very common. I found for me keeping a journal and also having a calendar to check off, okay, now I'm eight weeks and five days. Now I'm 10 weeks and two days. And just getting past those milestones, especially past the milestones of when I had my losses, 
was so important to me. Now, a lot of moms ask me, when do I take a birth class? And I just wanted to throw this in here for you guys because I feel like our birth class officers offers something so unique. We offer such a stellar support community and option for our students. In fact, we do a weekly, we call it a weekly happy hour. And if any of my girls on here, give a shout out to happy hour. It is supposed to be an hour. The VBAC Lab students, we meet on Mondays and we rotate. We do them during the day one week, during the night the next week. And we do that because we have students all over the world. And then on Wednesdays, Calm Labor Confident Birth, we meet daytime one week, nighttime the next. We're supposed to go for an hour. Typically we go over, but here's what we do. We get together and we have mamas who are still trying to conceive all the way to moms who, like I had a student on today who's four months postpartum and we're working on a postpartum happy hour, just so my girls know. If you're on here, we're working on that. So we meet every week and each girl gets a turn to share if she wants to, what her week was like, what her doctor's appointment was like, what she's feeling, what she's pissed off about. She can vent. She, we are joyful with her. We're sad with her. We just walk through it with her. And not a lot of birth courses, actually, I don't know any birth course that offers that as well. So our birth class, yes, it's all about birth, but we also incorporate pregnancy. We incorporate choosing a provider, which we're going to talk about next. And we talk about different pregnancy issues and things that might arise. We talk about all the pregnancy tests that you're going to go through. That being said, a birth class can really help you or birth support community can help you with your fears. And I love when my girls join early because I get to know them so much more. All right. Another thing about first trimester is choosing a provider. This is one of the top. There's a few really important decisions you're going to make in your pregnancy. And this is one of the most important. Your pregnancy provider is so critical to your well-being, to your mindset, and to your birth story. So when you choose a provider, I don't want you to just do it willy-nilly. I want you to do some research. And this is something we teach our students. We also have a free download and it's a provider questionnaire, and I'll link to it when I'm done. And if you're listening to this later, I'll link to it in the notes. And choosing your provider, mama, I cannot stress enough. And this is another reason why I like our girls to join earlier, because they can go through some of the key modules and figure out exactly what they want in their provider before they choose their provider. Although, if you find yourself with a provider you don't love exactly, you can always switch. I've had girls switch all the way to the end of pregnancy. All right, so really quickly, let me look at the time. Yes, I've got a few more minutes. Let's talk about your first prenatal appointment. I know a lot of my students, a lot of my followers on Instagram are asking me what's going to happen when I go to the first prenatal appointment. So I have a list here because obviously the end of the pregnancy is more my jive than this. So you're going to have a complete pregnancy prenatal panel of blood work done. You're going to, it's going to be drawn on that first visit. I see one of my students on here. Thank you, Jalen. I missed you Monday. Okay. 
This is going to include your blood type, HIV status, STDs, hepatitis B surface antigen, and they're going to do an antibody screen. You're going to have your urine culture done and actually every visit you're going to have your urine sample given and they're going to assess for diabetes, dehydration, preeclampsia. They're going to check for high levels of sugars and proteins and ketones and bacteria every visit during pregnancy. You're also gonna have that first visit, they're gonna do a breast exam, they're gonna do a pelvic exam, and they're gonna do a pap smear, always fun. They're also gonna do some genetic testing, some screenings. First trimester screenings are done around 10 to 13 weeks. And this is where they're gonna check for things like trisomies, like Down syndrome or chromosome 18, which is trisomy 18. And it's a combined test, and I don't know all the details about it, but they are gonna do that at some point in your first trimester, but not at your first visits. Now, some providers have you come in a little bit later than others for your first prenatal visit, so it really depends on when you go for your first visit, what will be done. They're also going to do a transvaginal ultrasound, which is always a joy. So that's always fun. And that is an internal ultrasound. And they're going to check inside internally. And the reason they do that is because when the baby is much smaller, the fetus is smaller, an internal ultrasound, a transvaginal ultrasound is much more accurate than an abdominal one. And they're also going to check your placenta. They're going to check the baby's heartbeat. They're going to check for problems like ectopic pregnancies and cervical length. Now, some of the things that you can be prepared to answer during your first trimester appointment is your personal and family medical history, any chronic health problems, your ethnic background, because some ethnicities are more likely for some disorders and some problems during pregnancy. So they're going to ask you about your background, your lifestyle habits. Do you smoke? Do you drink? All those different things. And obviously if you take drugs. So they're going to talk about any history of domestic violence. And in fact, at every visit, they're going to ask you about your safety. And when you're admitted for labor and delivery, we're going to ask you about your safety. The risk of domestic violence increases tremendously during pregnancy. So if you are one of my mamas who are watching this and you don't feel safe, or mentally, emotionally, physically, because domestic abuse can come in many forms, reach out to us and we will help you get connected with the right resources. I have experienced this, so I am very passionate about helping women. We're going to talk to you about your current emotional state. We're going to talk about if you have any history of depression or mental illness. They're also going to talk about your diet and your exercise and your health habits. So be prepared for that. They're going to go over healthy weight gain during pregnancy and really just listen to you. This is going to probably be your, your lengthiest prenatal visit. But remember, from here on out during your pregnancy, if you have questions, take them with you and ask your provider. So that was just a little download about the first trimester of pregnancy. One of the most depressing things during pregnancy is having morning sickness because it feels like it will never end. It's most likely going to end when you go into your second trimester. I think the norm is around 14 to 16 weeks is when it decreases, but for sure it's going to end when the baby comes out. 
All right, you guys have a fantastic day. And as always, thank you for showing up. Remember our next fearless birth experience and we have incredible classes for you guys. So watch for signups. They're going to start showing up in our stories. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today, mama. I hope you enjoyed this episode on the birth experience with labor nurse mama. Be sure to tune in every Friday for a brand new episode. If you haven't written a review, write a review and tell us what you love and tell us what you want to hear more of. Make sure you subscribe and join us every Friday. Bye for now.